Hello, Poppet. It's me, Condé Nasty. Hi, I'm the poor relation whose presence you condescendingly tolerate in a Jane Austen novel. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you doing there? I'm I'm good. You, you're looking beautiful. The work has already begun to settle gorgeously. Well, I'm still icing myself and the swelling is going down, but you're right. I'm slowly becoming the bionic woman and I will outlive you all. <laughs> um, it's so great to see you. It's been so long and I know you have so few days left. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, if anything, if, if 2019 stands for anything, it's rapidly aging us all. That is true. Um, so... I wanted to start the episode with a few shout-outs. First off, I don't know if you've been watching Monet Exchange's show at all on Build on YouTube. I, I've caught it's it here so and there. I, I just watched the one with uh, Jinx and Ginger and Ginger Minge. That was a lot of fun, but I felt so bad because it dropped like the day before they can't... They were talking about doing the tour of Xanadu, and they dropped the episode like the day before the production canceled the tour, and it just broke my heart because that obviously would have been amazing. That's terrible. I didn't realize that happened. I saw that episode. I didn't know that it had been dropped. That sucks. Yeah. Um, I saw the one with Cicely Strong recently. Ooh. It's very good. I I was very harsh on Monet during All Stars Four for like I don't think she's ever performed well on Drag Race, but I do think that she is a phenomenal drag queen. And watching her just sort of fall into this like online network where she obviously doesn't have a lot of production people and she's just up there talking you can tell it's not really edited and stitched together she is a fucking natural she's a she's a dynamo she's far more dynamic than wendy williams doing pretty much the same thing like i you should watch watch monet's exchange show on on build especially if you watch wendy williams you have fucking time for for monet exchange (laughs) um and then I wanted to shout out Bowen Yang, who just joined the cast of SNL and had that viral sensation skit on a Weekend Update where he was that trade daddy. Did you catch that skit? Uh, I have not watched Saturday Night Live as it's aired in years because uh, my bedtime is 9 p.m. Uh, but yeah, I, I caught the the uh, video afterwards. He was delightful. He was delightful. And him and he and Lizzo have had like a series of like love exchanging tweets since then, it's very cute. They, like, shout out and fangirl for one another. I love it. Um, and then National Coming Out Day was last week. Um, and I, out of drag, hosted an event that went very well where I had a bunch of uh, very successful but reserved queer C-suite individuals do a panel discussion. And it was really interesting to get to find a lot of people who are used to public speaking but never about their internal emotional lives and navigating their marginalization up on a panel talking for an hour. But it was uh, it was really impactful, especially as the, what is it, Article 7 is being disputed right now? Which one? The Civil Rights oh, t- Act of 1964. Title 7. Title 7, there we go, yeah. Um, yeah, anyways. Um, so shout out to National Coming Update. So... Uh, what are you thinking thus far of this season of Drag Race? Uh, I said this last week with that girl. It is so much fucking fun. There's like, everyone's more relaxed. I don't you fucking Anglophile. Go on. I don't know <laughs> if it's on. like the lack of, maybe the money is like, or the lack of social media queens, or the fact that they eliminated the two youngest inexperienced queens right away. 
the drama just feels more manageable. I don't know if they're producing the show differently, but whatever they're doing, it's working. Like, even Rue seems like, Rue seems relaxed, not checked out. And it's a, it's a thin line, but like, I don't know. There's like an, like, it's like Rue's on vacation and is enjoying herself for the first time in a while. And it kind of comes through in, in the judging. Like this, this harkens back to seasons five through eight for me, like in terms of the balance of uh, talent and drama and shade, like all of, all of the pieces are fitting together and working in a way that they haven't quite on the main show in a while. Yeah, I think I think to some extent it reaches a point where it becomes formulaic, no regardless of how much they try to push against that, and then it becomes we're going to award the like Aquarius type, like I'm a rule following straight A student of the predictable formula of drag as opposed to a creative artist, which is just a much less compelling show to watch. And I feel like in the UK, there's enough, like, cultural divide in terms of drag, in terms of, like, the expectation of these queens on this show, that I feel like it feels fresh because it's not a Brooklyn or Aquaria coming in and, like, straight A studing it, but being charmless. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I, I like a couple of the smaller structural things. Like, I like that they do essentially a condensed version of untucked in the episode like i i miss the days back when it was like send the girls back to the interior illusions lounge to talk sass at each other for a minute and then get to the judging critiques and they're doing a lot some they're a lot closer to that with the way they're doing it just oh yeah for sure that's how they're doing it and that just makes me happier to watch because untucked it's like untucked when it works works very well i agree but most of the time it's either just a heap of nothing or an attempt to build drama out of just nothing so i i enjoy this kind of much more abbreviated organic check-in with the girls while they're waiting for the to their critiques or after their critiques and it just works much better yeah i mean i agree with you i think on the whole personally there have been times where i appreciate that it's like here's the drag competition and then if you're one of those shady gays who's afraid of conflict so loves watching all the housewives franchises here's your real housewives reunion vibe moment that i just didn't watch because i am not afraid of confrontation i am a very direct person we know so there's nothing like novel about yeah no you i know you know there is nothing novel about a bunch of drag queens shading each other. I'm more direct than they are in my daily life. So, I mean, and there are so many gay men who are terrified of confrontation where they just, like, in my world, all the friends I have who love watching shit like that, they're people who cannot call out anybody on anything, no matter how small the infraction. So, obviously, they get something from it that I do not. But I agree with you. I think I think if you're going to add that little, like, personal shady element, it's better to just integrate it into the episode. Um, you're right. I mean, I agree with your assessment, but, um, I thought it was good. So let's go into this episode. The away message from Scaredy Cat was the right level of, um, unearned confidence that I'm sure could have served her well had she survived. Uh, and good for her. Good for her. Um, I did, I was wrong. I was thinking that she would go all the way or not all the way, go far enough. And that we would have this, okay, but you really don't know what you're doing moment. Well, here's... Uh, 
later. I was surprised she left as early as she did, but it also makes sense because she isn't experienced. Well, that's the thing. I think that's what ma- I think that's what's making this show work better for me. I think Scaredy's narrative would have gotten more episodes regardless of Scaredy's output, and we would have in the American version, and we'd be sitting here being like, "Oh, well, they're nakedly editing this episode to keep Scaredy in and send someone else home," and the show didn't do that. Like, I totally get the basis for doing that narrative with Scaredy Cat, but if she couldn't produce the goods, they didn't hang on for two more episodes and hope that it would work out. They sent her packing. That's maybe that's what's in, that, that's something else I've been really enjoying about this season is the weakest queen in each episode went home. And, that's actually true, and that makes I agree it a with lot you more there. satisfying to watch. And they don't do that anymore. Like at this point, I feel like the show. I felt that the show used to do that, or at least effectively produce it to portray that narrative. And I feel like each season they get more and more bold and brazen, thinking we'll take whatever conclusion they tell us and not trust our own instincts. And frankly, I think that's true for a lot of people. But at this point, I just, I disagree frequently, and I feel like I see the production, and I completely agree with you. I feel like that is, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're totally right. I think what's great about this season is literally the person who has performed the worst has been the person who's gone home each week, which is fresh at this point. Unfortunately, that's fresh and new. Well, and it even gives Um, it some stakes, like... When a queen I love does yeah. badly and their defeat is earned, I, I feel more bad. I don't feel it's not like I'm mad at the show. I'm like, oh, that really hurts, but it's fair, and I have to deal with that rather than yeah, for sure, yeah. So for sure, no, totally, totally. Um, okay, so getting into the, the episode beyond the intro message, the mini challenge, the maypole. Uh, what did you think of that mini so, challenge? So so beautifully dumb. Like it, yeah, I agree. It was an invitation. You know what it was? It was the spot check to be like, can you make fun of yourself? And just yeah. about everyone could. Even the st- even like you know the Vivian and uh, Davina who are you know a little more either stuck up or in their own heads respectively. Um, and they like I don't think anyone bombed it. I don't think anyone didn't get it. And it was fucking hilarious. Was it was a bag of chips that just attacked the pole, or was that? What, what one of them that was crystal thank you it was like crystal one, like did pole dancing and i'm like thank you i can't believe you were the first one to do it it, it just everything was perfectly stupid <laughs> and, yeah like, no it was prop it was properly silly it was absolutely the right invitation to like let's just get weird and be playful and like be ridiculous and it was very fun and cheryl pole won good for her uh good for her yeah also <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the brick crew um was better this episode like i don't know if they were like saving their a team for last week and this week but like very tall brit crew member seems very happy to be here like it was just like a the energy was way less funereal when they came on this time and i was very happy (laughs) i think it was only episode one where it was like where did they get these moderately in shape guys who looked super uncomfortable which Frankly, there is something very British about two moderately in shape guys who look very uncomfortable. But <laughs> um, it was, it was, I do feel like they, they've, it, that was only episode one. Um, so then Raven comes in in a car with the Brit crew full of stuff with a whole bunch of rehearsed jokes with Rue, which did not land all effectively. But I was also like, oh, I love you, Raven. I'm glad that you're getting your little moment here. That's cute. I liked it. Agreed. I like that they did it, even yeah, if totally. it didn't land. Totally. Um, and then uh, I love that Cheryl gets the 15-second head start and makes 
Like, it, w- it made me immediately think money can't buy taste. 15 seconds extra can't buy taste. Like, her choices with her extra time were like, oh... Honey, you like you're not somebody who's take who's advantaged from this. Well, winning what got me job. about that free for all was like in the American version, I think there's an unspoken rule. You have to be able to like carry it in your hands and you have to carry it to your station. Those bitches were throwing whole boxes in the vague direction of their work tables and that counted. And I I don't know why but that cracked me up. <laughs> Usually Americans don't get the subtle sophistication of British humor. <laughs> Cut to Benny Hill. <laughs> um, uh, I, so, I, I, ha- I really want a mini challenge underscored with wacky sacks. That would make me very happy. <laughs> I mean, that could have been, truly. Um, or at least the, the ransacking of that car. Yeah. Um, so, also, that, so the, yeah. Those bitches ripped out the lining on the walls. I was... I was respect. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So I feel like a lot of this episode was the girls engaging in small talk with one another and kind of chatting and shading and giving constructive criticism and Rue doing her walkthrough and, and, you know, really struggling to tell Vinegar that she needed to step her pussy up. Um, what did you think of the episode once they had divided their, their uh, materials and were getting into sewing and chatting about how they've been doing thus far in the season? It was good, like, like 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 we've been saying. I think it was a good balance of like, obviously friendships have formed. Vinegar and something wrong. Uh, Vivian, uh, who was it? Vivian, Davina, and Crystal were a, th- were a trio. No, like, it's it's Vivian, bag of chips, and thank Crystal you. Thank seem you. to be in a corner. Davina yeah. seems like one of the top players who's sort of off in her own corner. Like, I feel like there's a Heathers group, and if somebody else were to join the Heathers, it would be Davina, but there seems to be a divide. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, but I have to say, so far, it's been a light hand, and it feels much closer to just the natural clustering you're going to get anytime you put a group of people in a workroom, as opposed to, like, I'm nowhere near as annoyed at the corner crew as I eventually became at the Heathers versus the Boogers. And may- maybe it's early in the season, and I'll eat my words. Uh, which is impossible. I will never admit I'm wrong. It's in my contract. Um, but uh, I just, I found it to largely work. Um, it was very sad and funny watching something Wong destroy an actual article of clothing she owned and apparently liked uh, to make a pattern. On the one hand, I appreciate the industriousness and the realization I need help if I'm going to properly make a garment. On the other hand, you did make what you made. Um, Overall, I, I, I just found it flowed pretty well. It was fun watching Rue, you know, struggle for the word hodgepodge and credit to Vinegar for, you know, picking up her hashtag when it when it came to her, you know? I, indeed, indeed. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I love that you keep comparing it to other seasons that have annoyed you. Um, I do feel, I like the Vivian. My overall feeling about her energy at this point is is increasingly getting close to how I felt about Evie Oddly in her season, where it was like, listen, I get that you're doing better and you're coming here with high ex- higher expectations for yourself, etc. It's weird that you keep constructively reading and scold- increasingly scolding your castmates as though you're like the hall monitor of what they should be doing. Be glad that you're the straight-A student here, and thus it will probably be easy for you. I don't know why you think it's 
I don't know why you're spending so much time criticizing the other girls, both to their face and not to their face. Which I'm not crazy about, but I otherwise like the Vivian. Um, I like Crystal. I think Crystal is direct and constructively honest with people. And she'll say to your face what she'll also say when somebody is chatting about you. I don't. I actually don't think there's anything shady about it. I think it's just very candid. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Davina seems pretty defensive. And Blue, whom I loved before, just straight out rude, giving Davina shit. Like, she was, she was funny being like, do you think it was easier then? Do you think it was harder? Whatever. But she really ran away with, with like, shading Davina. Like, it was like, all right, are you, are you guys, is this like an open mic duo routine? What's happening? What, what kind of roast is this? Uh, no. but, what was it like to do drag by gaslight? You know, just. <laughs> yeah. It, they do feel, though, like, I agree with your sentiment overall. It feels less like produced ideas of who you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to be like if you're on a reality TV show. And a lot more like people just kind of being honest with each other as a whole, which feels very refreshing to me. Yeah, all, all the dials are set to like their correct settings so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's that that's what I think is succeeding for me. Yeah, no. And I um all right, so do you want to get into the the main event then? Sure. Okay, so what did you think of Rue's look? Uh, I loved it. Uh, it. It's it's less like that it was like a super... Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm confusing last week. I fucking loved this week's look. Um, I love this week's look, too. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like something she hasn't... And I'm going to keep doing it because it's uh, it's just there for me to do. But it feels like a look she hasn't worn in the U.S. in a while. Like... Like, I, I, I can't recall her going for something with that much leg and that much volume and that much structure. Like, she seems to be... Ha- and I'll say this, I think she is having more fun. And I think it shows. Oh, I completely agree. I also... Blue Hydrangea, when they were talking about your default silhouette, and she was like, I tend to go to a pant rather than... I mean, I've done everything, but like, you know, a ball-length gown. Oh, sorry, like that weird shady moment. And Rue kind of being defensive to it, which was surprising and funny. I did not yeah. see that coming. And then she was basically like, oh, be ready for tomorrow, girl, in a way that made me feel like, Rue, Rue, did you, were you going to wear this dress another day? And you were like, I'll show that bitch, because if so, I live. Also, <laughs> you you showed that bitch. That dress was gorgeous. You are a nearly 60-year-old black man, and you looked like a blonde anglo something like runway model like you clearly had like concealer on your shoulders you were bronze for the gods the dress was stunning the i like the higher hair that she's wearing that's like um because she has like a long graceful neck you know so it like really shows that off um yeah no it was it was stunning and i like that the challenge was to tie it to british fashion which I feel like British fashion is sort of hard to essentialize. I mean, in so many ways, British culture and fashion is by its nature a culture of appropriation. And so how do you really define what it is and how do you really accuse a British person of appropriation? But I feel like um, a lot of British stuff is like bold contrast colors, um, interesting patterns. I feel like, um, you know, I feel like the British love like a, red or blue lacquered door like front door to a home um obviously that's design not not fashion but 
uh, I feel like that's sort of the look and color scheme. Um, yeah. So the first one down the runway was Davina in that very striking red plaid look with the red umbrella and the red eye makeup and red wig. What did you think? Loved it top to bottom. Like it is very fashion. It is very avant-garde. Uh, all of the small choices worked. I like, I know, uh, I, was it Michelle who didn't like the lack of eyelashes, but we all have a part to play. That is hers. Um, I, I think every tiny choice worked really well. I like the comparative simplicity of the use of this material. Like, like sh- it's clearly those reusable uh, shopping bags. Yeah. And she's clearly done something fitted and simple with it. But that's because that, like, given that that material is incredibly hard to work with and fit properly, it actually, like, that's the impressible, that's the impressive part. Impressible, please. Um, so I really liked, th- this is one of those looks where just everything works top to bottom to produce this, like, stunning, slightly weird look that the longer you, it, and it bears scrutiny. A lot of the crazier looks are like, oh, it's weird when it enters the runway, but then when you stare at it, it kind of falls to pieces. This is the opposite. I feel like this gets more interesting the more you look at it. I agree. I agree with all of that. And I do think it's very British. It felt like it was, like, referential to, yeah, like... Bowie and, yeah. Yeah, and um, even Burberry, like, just mm-hmm. with the, the really simple plaid. And yeah. I feel like the plaid was aligned perfectly. Like, that was a very unforgiving material to build something so structured with. If I was going to use a material like that, it would be much more likely to be for a skirt than yeah. for, like, tailored pants. Or, like, a lining uh, of something. Well, yeah. 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 And right away, I was like, there's no way this isn't the best, if not one of the best looks, and everybody's going to be a step down after this. Um, and then, and I know at the top of our podcasting episodes, I tend to be like, well, I need to give all the girls a fair shake, and I talk through every uh, look. If you're okay with it, I was just going to talk through who I remember from here on out. Um, so that happened. Bag of Chips came out with those copper scrubbing brushes. Uh, what did you think of that look? Uh, uh, Bag of Chips is cementing herself as like the queen I love, even when she doesn't do well. Um, like this wasn't a bad look. It, I loved this. Like I loved the wig. I loved, I, I loved the overall look somehow and it okay. was fitted terribly. Like the when she turned around, it's like two inches off her butt, and there's like a gap between the top and the bottom. Uh, but somehow, I still like she was selling it with such evident joy that I couldn't help but just laugh my ass off. Yeah, she is very much from the black country, and um, a character. I love the idea of the look and the color palette, and I love the shininess of that material. And her I think face looks good. It does. I think if I was in that room, I could have made something interesting with those. It would have been different than what she did. I think the bodice was, like, passable. And the you're right, the back of those, like, that, like, short skirt or whatever she was wearing did not work. Um, but she sold the fuck out of it with comedy. And I loved that for her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. So the Vivian's look, what did you think? I got it. Um, it. It is one of... It, it looks great in total. Like, you step back, and again, a lot of the small choices really work. The height of the hair, 
uh, the volume of the shoulder pads, everything collectively works. Like even doing the makeup up to her neckline, I, I criticized Scaredy Cat's look last week for being really bulky around her neck with the hair and the turtleneck and the aviator jacket. And I thought it like it disappeared her neck somehow because of the shape of the hair and the subtle, not quite matchy, matchy black with the vinyl tape because you couldn't obviously match it perfectly. It still looks like she has a long curved neck, even though there, even though it's like a, uh, more of a subtle thing. So like, this wasn't my favorite look and I don't think it should have, I don't think it should, it didn't get the win. And I, I agree with that decision. Um, but the kind of overall effect is very striking and it shows that balance of like that that clearly was a bunch of hours of tedious fucking work and it but it's not but it's still it still looks great as a finished look it's not like alexis michelle being like this corset is good because it took fifteen thousand hours uh i i think it's a good look it's not my absolute favorite of all time but i i i you can see the evident talent in in the overall presentation okay I guess I agree with you on Hall. I was like, this isn't it, but it's good. But I would have made different choices. Yeah. And I also feel like that flowiness, like they kept talking about her silhouette. And it was like, well, it was there's a silhouette there. You're right. But also how much is there if it's all being shaped by this flowing tape material? Um, what did you think of Blue Hydrangea's look? Uh, I liked her makeup. I didn't like a lot else. Uh, Me too. Like, and again, I was surprised she like... thought she would be top two. Yeah, she was appropriately safe. She was correctly safe. I agree. Uh, the, make, the makeup looks really good. The color palette is fine. It just, the kind of, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the silhouette's weird. The waist is high. The uh, the bottom of the, like, leotard is bunching up in a weird way. The like, wig uh, choice was odd to me, though. It was on, on point with the color scheme. But it wasn't, like, doing her any favors facially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't wild about it. Um, okay, uh, who's next? Uh, what did you think of Crystal's look? Uh, solid second place look. Like this was very good, very well done. The de- again, the details are there. I like the use of the beach balls for the bustle. It creates this like weird, exaggerated thing. Her yeah. walk sold it. Um, yeah, I. I am coming down on the side, and the judges like the chest hair this week, and I I wasn't as big on it. Like, I'm not dismissing the queens who want to play with uh, gender markers in that way, but I feel like always having, because you can't only sometimes have chest hair, especially on a, you know, weekly show. So if you want to do it at all, you have to do it every time, and I feel like it anchors a look in a way that's like beyond her control, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, like, I get wanting to play with those things, and that's great, and I appreciate the creativity, but it's like, it's always like the, it's always like a bigger thing in the look than she may intend it to be. And okay. I, I've started to kind of, I've started to be like, uh, is it worth it in this look? And I am not 100% that it does. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I feel like five years ago when Conchita Wurst won Eurovision or was like a top contender in Eurovision. No, she, she uh, won. She won. She won. Uh, everybody sort of was floored by that moment. And it was like such this like progressive, like pop culture moment. And like it resulted in so much dialogue. And now I feel like every gay man has at least one friend who looks like that at least two weekends a year. 
And I feel like on some level, Crystal is trying to rep for that in a way that I'm like, I respect it. And I understand the desire to push against and be contrarian, obviously. Um, But I also feel like, like, I'm fine with it. But it's almost like, you seem like such a talented artist that I don't know if this is the hill that you want to die on. And I imagine they're going to push against it more for later looks where it really works against her. That there's this part of me that's like, I would just shave the chest hair for while you're on Drag Race. But... I don't, I also don't want to say that because I feel like it isn't necessary drag as a perform, like as a type of performance art. I respect drag queens who don't remove their body hair and still like do their thing. No, totally. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, no, I, it, yeah, it's, it's this weird place of being like, this doesn't necessarily help your look, but I don't want to tell you to get rid of this thing that's clearly important to you and how you interpret drag. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I and I understand not wanting to have to conform to the rules. Like, yeah, again, I mean, hello. What the fuck do I know? I'm just a high functioning alcoholic with a podcast. Indeed. And then I'm trying to think what other looks. Okay, so Cheryl Pole. I'm gonna oh, say this. Oh, I, you, you called her Cheryl Pole. It's Cheryl Hole. Oh God, I so don't care about this person. I really need to like try more. I apologize. Um, so <laughs> I I am not crazy about her. What little I know of Essex stereotypes are not positive and she fits neatly within them. Um, <laughs> she real basic and underwhelming. That seems to be her lane. Um, I feel like British pop art and pop like aesthetics, like this whole, it looks like a yield sign sort of color palette. As much as the, the everybody was shading her over the gloves, I didn't think it was a great look. I do think it was referencing British pop fashion in a way that was accurate. And I think that, like, I so don't want to give her a win, but I think she did the challenge effectively. She didn't She didn't win it, but to me, she did not belong in the bottom two for sure. Um, and she wasn't, obviously, but she was bottom three for the third week in a row, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, would you trade her out for Blue Hydrangea? For the Honestly, bottom three? Yeah. yeah, I would. Okay, I'll, I'll, I get that. I, I might not. I think it would have looked better had she used the whole glove in the layering. Like, like imagine if you had folded over the glove and used the wrist part as to adhere it to the, mo- to the, to the model and then let all of the fingers, like be like it'd be like like a christmas tree like a pine cone where you get some real volume i think that would have been a more interesting take the the mini skirt made just of fingertips is super basic oh i think i i feel like i wouldn't have gravitated towards those gloves at all and i think to me the way that she just used the fingers and layered them visually from afar referenced like some kind of plaid-esque pattern with a synthetic material that to me, it's kind of a wash either way where I'm like, it's not like you didn't know what to do with these plastic gloves. I'm like, you're the dumb bitch who grabbed the plastic gloves first. I'm impressed that this is what you turned out because I was expecting truly a pile of garbage on your body. Um, frankly. Like, I mean, that's 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 my candid feeling. I hear what you're saying. I don't think that cutting the fingers is like any more basic than going for the gloves. Um... I would have swapped out Blue Hydrangea, honestly. Uh, I And it, like, it pains me because I don't like Cheryl. But she did a decent job of being 
British fashion to me. Um, who else? Who else? Was... Uh, that just leaves something long and vinegar strokes. Oh, your thoughts. Uh, I want to like something long. Her face looks good. We have clocked her face uh, before in earlier episodes. And from the neck up, I think she looks pretty good. I think had the skirt been a little more walkable and she'd worn literally any kind of top, that might have been an argument for not being in the bottom two. Because there is something like power 80s bitch in this look where even the weird material and the weird stiffness of it almost kind of works if you wanted to sell it as like the Dire Straits Money for Nothing video with that like weird first attempt at 3D computer generated imagery where it was like she imagined a suit but then did it in this like really structural, absurdist, almost cubist way. But without the top, it literally just looked unfinished, which which it was. Um, and then the fact that she was walking like she had to take a dump uh, just advertised the fact that had she moved at all, uh, that skirt would have ripped itself in half. Honestly, when she when I saw her getting ready for the lip sync and I saw that like little black band above the skirt, I'm like, oh, did they give her more material so she can fucking move and then she pulls it off and like oh it's a it's a it's a bodysuit i'm like had she come out in the jacket and a bodysuit it might have actually been a better look in the first place um i felt that the suit with the material that she used was extremely well done and proportioned for being such an unforgiving material in her first time doing it and i was impressed that she was able to execute it i do feel that the color palette etc was extremely basic, and there was nothing distinctly British about it. It had a power bitch quality. I also think she had nothing resembling a top. Um, And if you're going to do that, she should have literally had fashion, double-sided fashion tape with her. And when they were waiting in line to walk the runway, she should have adhered it to her body right before walking the runway and just done, like, a 90s supermodel with, like, a tuxedo jacket, no shirt, you see like the center of my torso, but not my breasts look and just owned it. And instead she was holding it and calling to the attention to the fact that it wasn't finished and she didn't have a top, which worked against her. Um, I also think if she took one interesting like red piece of whatever and made an interesting hair fascinator and clipped it in that white wig and taped that jacket to herself, she would have been safe and it would have looked British appropriately british like it was well structured for what it was it was bland but worked uh like one red accessory that you could have made a weird hair fascinator out of in that white hair and shape on the chest and suddenly it would have fucking worked and i just i do not like something wrong i feel like everybody the dialogue within the drag race fandom about her implies that a much smarter more competent and interesting person is out there being seen than I have seen. Like, I am underwhelmed with her. She's one of the few on this season where I'm like, I don't like you and I'm looking forward to your departure. And I feel bad about that. Um, Her makeup was, for the first time, not terrible, which was great. Um, And, yeah, that was my feeling on that. Meanwhile, Vinegar Strokes, I love. Oh, do you want to respond to my comment on on something? No, I I, I agree. Um, I, I do like her. Uh, she's she's fun. She's not as good at that being artlessly fun as Bag of Chips, but I don't dislike her, and if she does well, I'm happy for her. Moving on to Vinegar. Oof. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She would have been better going off with that weird marigold toilet seat cape 
let thing. That was a nightmare, what she was wearing. Truly a nightmare. Like, I... this would have been a terrible look for the book challenge. <laughs> I know I know how to sew, and so my objective opinions on these things are are off but i feel like if anybody has taught you how to thread a sewing machine and you show up for the fashion challenge i'm confused at how you can end up with a look this terrible and her makeup hasn't historically been great or like hd ready but it's like the look was awful even if it like beyond being like a bad idea it was poorly executed and didn't fit her at all and was coming off the the flesh tone garments were not her flesh tone, and her makeup was a record train wreck for her. It was like I mean to me it was like there's no way you're not going home, you have to go home. And and something else there that's kind of the thing. Like in a in a lesser season of Drag Race, she would get another week or two because she is funny. Fans do like her, but that didn't protect her. So it's like literally all three weeks in a row now, the worst queen went home even if you didn't want them to. And that kind of honesty just ups my investment in the show. I agree. Though I will say after she went home, I completely agree with your assessment. After she went home, I was like, God, I hope there is a return of the Eliminated Queens challenge this season. I know a lot of people don't like them or are like, oh, and it does whatever and it just creates false drama. I love a second chance narrative. I'm not going to say anything about I feel like Rue doesn't really take them seriously and they just, like, send that girl home the next week even if she does a decent job. Like, I don't want to get into all that, but I like... I... As... For somebody who does not like drama, I love the return of the Eliminated Queens episode. I always do. I always think it's fun. Um, And I would love to see more of her, but she did definitely deserve to be sent home this week. There is no... There's no dispute over that. That's just the reality of the situation. So, uh, yeah. What do you think of the lip sync? I felt that it was chaotic at times from both parties. Yeah. And, uh, and then there were times where they like pull it together. Like there were times where it was like, you both are just kind of gyrating messily. And I'm like, God, is this going to be a double elimination? And then they both like pause and look dead, rude dead in their eyes and like sing the lyric. And I was like, okay, no, it won't be a double elimination. But it was messy and hard to judge, at least from the edit that we saw. Um, But I think that given the looks, you know, I think a lot of people like to get really hyperbolic about the show and be like, well, if it's a lip sync for your life, the best lip sync should win. A lot of times it's this person did the indisputable worst. And there's a bottom two, and the only thing the other person has to do is not be terrible in order to stay. And that's okay. To me, Vinegar was in a position where something Wong would have had to, like, pull a Charlie Hydes yeah. to be yeah. sent home. And that's yeah. that's fine. No, I, I, I agree. I, I Three episodes in, I'm, I'm really, I'm sticking to my question, is lip syncing a British drag thing? even close to the level it is in America because no, it isn't. The they, no, they live sing. The ones okay. who sing do live singing or they host and are stand-up comedians. A lot of them don't do lip singing. Some do, but I think that's like an American import. Uh, okay. I think that, I think like Vivian does live singing. She doesn't lip sing and lip singing is a very challenging skill that is very different than live singing. Oh um, yeah. Like, 
even if you even if you know all the words and are lip syncing properly, you still have to like move your mouth a slightly different way than normal to make the impression that sound is coming out of your mouth when it's not. It's it's a very technical thing. So yeah, it's just a little weird because three episodes in a row, I'm kind of like, well, none of these are barn but, burners. Like, <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I just I don't think it's something they do. I if anything, I mean, I think we all always say it would be nice if they mix something up. It'd be great one week to see like the Vivian sing, for real, but you know that's a different show. That's for a different show, nonetheless. Um, also, what did you think of Twiggy as a guest judge? I thought she was great. Um, I I will always love anytime they get a former uh, top model judge. That that always tickles me. Um, I think she would. She had that. She took it seriously, and I always like when judges do that. She was very me too. much like. Like, I know what it takes because I was a model and apparently a seamstress. I know what it takes to wear, make that, wear it, and look good doing it. And I respect that. And it's also one of those, like... Oh, yeah. No, she was the perfect judge for this episode. I love that she knows how to sew and she referenced it in her judging. Like, it was great. I agree. Continue. Sorry. I'm just no, like, yeah, fully... I, oh, no. There are times when the judges can be engaged but still be a little too into, like, this is like a fun, weird game. And I always like it most when they, like, it's always the most charming somehow when it's like the random straight guy like Bobby Moynihan or Andrew Garfield, where it's like, oh, no, no, I completely acknowledge and respect the difficulty and craft. You are a fellow performer, and I I, I stand it. And just that, I, I always like when a judge treats the, 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 the art of drag with a certain modicum of sincerity, if not seriousness. And- sincerity respect understanding what uh, the craft of their performance art and connecting it to what they do and have experience doing and like love it i love yeah. it um yeah. another one of my favorites was padma lakshmi who came on and like i don't think this is her wheelhouse that she obviously has her gaze um and i feel like she is familiar enough with drag culture and she came on and she was like she was not mean she was direct constructive and honest and she, like, called it right away. Calorie Kardashian is deeply out of her league here and unaware of it. And it was like, yes, you are an Emmy Award winning reality TV show host and judge for, for good reason. And you came on and you, like, you gave them constructive criticism like that was great and i like i fucking loved it i loved that i agree with you on on um bobby moynihan and peter garfield too like they came on and they 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 took it seriously they were fun and funny but they respect it yeah and not for nothing and not to unduly advertise a different podcast on this (laughs) one but padma lakshmi was on las culturistas about a month ago she was a riot (laughs) was she on it like a month ago i don't think i did i just did I just listen? I to think she ago? was on wor- it. I think she was on it like two years catalog. ago. There we go. Okay, okay. I, there we go. I listened to it a month ago, and that's what makes it relevant now. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, yeah, no, she's she's great. You know, I was wrong about uh, what is it, Scaredy Cat? I thought that she would be. I called her one of the top three. I'm pleased to see that I was wrong. I will say when I thought she was wrong, I was like, oh well, Rue's gonna keep somebody young. So I bet Blue Hydrangea will go far. After this episode, I'm like, I don't think Blue Hydrangea is going to go that far. Um, who are you calling top three at this point? Uh, Vivian, Davina, 
And then I would leave a... I could I, I would accept arguments for Crystal and Baga because they have very different approaches, but I think they can... Like, Baga could sell, you know, anything to anyone. Like, she just has that... She has that uh, charming, diamond-in-the-rough quality that Rue totally gags for. I think Crystal just has the raw talent and presentation skills. So I, I think Vivian and Davina definitely at this point are our top two. I think that third slot depends on which of Baga or Crystal messes up or excels first. Like if Baga turns in a great uh, snatch game, which if she does Amy Winehouse, she just fucking might, that might lock her into that third slot for me. But I can also see Baga getting in her head, especially since apparently the dramatic preview is two of you have picked Margaret Thatcher. Ooh. So if that throws one of them off their game, I could see that may, like really kind of setting up a board for a different outcome. But yeah, Vivian, Davina, I think are probably definitely in the top two, and then it's Baga or Crystal for me. Okay. I think Davina and Baga are definitely in the top two, and I think it's probably going to be Vivian being the third, but I also think she's she seems highly competent, but not necessarily the most likable. Um, I think Crystal would be my fourth slot as well um yeah so i agree with a lot of what you said i don't think bag is gonna get in her head i think she has that black country charm through and through um you can just smell the charcoal on her um anyways uh, i like to think that i like to think that billy elliott grew up into bag of chips (laughs) oh god not far off um what was i gonna say uh oh so snatch game i i am Oh, by the way, I love that Michelle is also turning fiercer looks and having more fun with what I feel is very, like, pop British fashion in what she's doing with her hair and makeup um, this season. Their looks for next week in the preview look very fun. Can I offer a bit of armchair psychology? Sure. I wonder if Michelle uh, having the surgery to get rid of the implants kind of act like was a... I know it was a boost to her health. I wonder if it also kind of forced her to reassess how she presents herself without the without the with the implant so i wonder if like this kind of like relaxed renewed more playful look is like the the upswing of of that experience you know yeah i can imagine that um that would make sense um and so i'm excited about their looks for next week they both look very fierce and i uh i'm excited for snatch game do you have predictions on how Snatch Game will go? Ooh. Or, like, who do you think will do well? Who do you think will do poorly? I can start if you'd like. Please. Um, I think Davina and Baga are going to be the top two. I think Vivian is going to pick an imperious British woman who's just kind of a bitch and keep herself safe, if not good, by doing a Snatch Game where she really just gets to be herself but more honest and direct. And just kind of a cunt. Um, and I think that Blue Hydrangea and Cheryl Hole are going to do poorly. Um, and I think Something Wong is going to pick a character to be loud and brazen with. And it will not be funny. And she will be bottom three, but not bottom two. Oh, you took... The, yeah, I, I could... If Something Wong does well, I could see it being one of those, like... 
uh, I'm trying to think of a good count of a good example from the U.S. version where it's like, yeah, you picked a like uh, a Wendy Williams or a, uh, like one of the housewives where it was like it wasn't anything to write home about, but like you definitely didn't embarrass yourself type situations. Okay, yeah, I largely agree with with your with your splits. Like, uh, I mean, they weren't even trying to foreshadow some epic uh, implosion. Fuck up. Yeah, which makes me think Davina or Baga just knock something out of the park. Oh, I I feel like this is way more in British drag queens wheelhouse than American drag queens wheelhouse, for sure. I am I've been excited since they announced this that this will be one of the best snatch games. And Michelle is saying, I think that was the best snatch game ever. Whatever in the preview that indicated like it was. Yeah. Well, and like I, I said, believe them, and I expect that. So, yeah. like, and I'm, I don't, not even, I don't even, I think the recent ones have been so terrible that I don't even think my expectations are super high. But <laughs> I'm anticipating it to be a great one. Well, like, like I was saying, like, what I like about the judging so far this season is uh, the panel comedy interview show is a much bigger staple of British television. So even like a low-grade celebrity just has a lot more experience cutting their teeth in this kind of playful banter environment than you would get on the American late-night one-on-one interview. So the judges ha- have had that this season, I think. And I, I I think it would obviously... Like, there's a lot more British sitcom, British game show that has a lot more in common with Snatch Game DNA that I agree. I think these queens are primed for this. I think it's going to... Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be very good i think i suspect that the top four performances will be very good um, yeah so here's hoping yeah. all right um do you have any other closing thoughts you wanted to touch on with this episode no i think i think that covers it i'm we, we had a good discussion today i feel i feel we really accomplished something same okay so that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening i'm Conde nasty i'm personal the sea bitch And this has been Reading Drag Race. Bye. Bye.